Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today we're joined by Raywin Guerrero, who is the gutsy executive coach, corporate wellness consultant, functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner, CBT hypnotherapist, corporate dropout, best-selling author, and speaker. Woo! <laughs> She's done it all, man. Now, after years chasing IBS and anxiety in the conventional medical model, while stuck in a toxic corporate role, she's created freedom in her life by focusing on health as the first wealth with the gut-brain connection as her North Star. Now she guides high-performing women from burnout to overwhelm to clarity, energy, so they can create the personal and professional impact they were meant for with the freedom in their bodies to do so. Kind of butchered that a little bit there. <laughs> I think you did great. That's great. The book is actually called Corporate Dropout. So I am a corporate dropout, but I wrote a book about it too. Well, I'm so excited to have you because, you know, as we were preparing to get on the air today and we started talking a little bit, I think you've got some amazing, cool stories and, and little tidbits that will really resonate with the people who are tuning in to the show. So can't wait to get started. And I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but I'm curious with all that corporate experience, I'm sure you've got some sort of a burnout story that you can share with us. Yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what happened for you. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is burnout doesn't happen overnight. And I, I want people to really understand that, that it's little things that creep up over time. And for me, I had, you know, I had gone through a divorce in 2010 and I was living in London. I was in HR, human resources. Ironically, all of this is not lost on me. And, you know, I had a, a big, strong psychology background, positive organizational behavioral psychology background, and also a CBT hypnotherapy background. So I was practicing my meditation every day, you know, really taking care of what I thought I was doing was taking care of myself and not realizing that during the divorce, I didn't have time to slow down or to stop because I was suddenly the sole breadwinner. I had to find a new place to live. So being sick was just not an option. And I kept getting sick, but my way of dealing with it was go to the doctor, get some antibiotics. And that's what they would do. They would just patch you up and send you back out on the field. Right. So mm -hmm. I had been on about 15 courses of antibiotics in that one year in 2010 and wow. completely destroyed my immunity 
So your gut microbiome is like home to 90% of your immune system. And it kind of destroyed that and also most of my serotonin. And so I became kind of like overly stressed, anxious, all those things. And that was happening anyway before, but it just got compounded by the fact that I wiped out all my bacteria that was like responsible for producing those things. So food became really hard for me to digest. Like I was bloating after every single meal. I kept, and like I said, just kept getting sick over and over and over all kinds of weird things where I started getting cold sores, never had those before in my life. And just all these weird little things, migraines, my periods got really strange. And thank God I was running a well-being program at the time. And I brought in a functional nutritionist to come in and speak about children's health and their microbiome. And I remember the penny dropped for me. I had like this wake up call when she started listing off all the things that could go wrong after you wipe out your gut bacteria from overuse of antibiotics or too much Tylenol or ibuprofen, any of those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and even things like you know, some of your over-the-counter antacids and stuff, how that can like really destroy what's going on in your gut. And I was just like, oh my God, that everything that she's talking about, I have done and I'm experiencing. So like I'd been on tons of ibuprofen, I'd been on tons of, you know, because I was getting such bad periods. So I was like, you know, every month just to be able to survive, I was just like living on, you know, 1600 milligrams of Motrin and on, yeah, just doing all the things that, you know, your doctors are saying, like, well, just take a painkiller or just take an antibiotic and kept doing it over and over, not realizing I was really hurting myself. So my wake up call was hearing her speak about that. And that began my journey. However, I did spend a lot of time in and out of traditional doctor's offices because, you know, I wanted to rule out that there was anything else wrong. I saw gastroenterologists, endocrinologists, like all the things. And then my own burnout like happened because while you're searching and because I wasn't working under the supervision of a practitioner, you know, when you see the doctor, it's sort of like they have 10, 15 minutes with you and then they kind of send you on your way and you're not really being supported through any of the things that are going on with you. And I did have a counselor and a therapist by the time sort of 2015 hit. So this is years, like this is a long story. It was going on for years and me changing my diet and trying different things. I went paleo. That made a big difference to like my hormonal stuff, but the gut stuff, like it never fully went away. And I initially was working, um, by 2015, I was working with a functional medicine practitioner. And he said, you know, if you're not happy in your life and you're living like at a thousand miles per hour all the time and you don't have any recovery time and you're just go, go, go. He's like, no matter how much you change your diet and no matter, you know, how many supplements you take, like you're never going to heal 100%. You'll always kind of be at that like 70% mark where something's just not right. Your stomach's still not great. So my IBS diagnosis, anxiety, panic, all those things, they were all rearing their head by 2016 in a big way. Cause I didn't want to hear what he had to say. I didn't want to have to quit my job or do any of those things. I'm like, I love what I'm doing. I'm not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Not realizing how toxic it was for my body. So I crashed and burned in 2016 and, you know, it was taking me two hours to get out of bed and, and just, and again, like an hour of meditation just to be able to face the day and face the, the environment that I was going into every day, you know, toxic working environments are probably the number one cause of people feeling so unwell. And then gut problems are the number one reason people go to the doctor. I don't know if you knew that that's the number one reason for doctor's visits is, is gut problems. And they're so linked, you know, IBS, you see Crohn's anxiety, depression, they're all linked together. So uh, 
that was, that's, that's the origin story of me, like having a come to Jesus moment in 2016, when I'm like, I can't get out of bed. I'd actually broken my ankle. And that's another thing that I don't think a lot of people realize, like the more stress you're under, the weaker things like your bones become because the cortisol impacts your absorption of nutrients. It sucks calcium from your bones and magnesium. I broke my ankle doing something not crazy. Like I was just stepping off a curb. I didn't look where I was going and I thought it was shorter than it actually was. I was in heels, so that doesn't help. Um, but I stepped off this curb and I just heard like a snap and I'm like, right. oh crap, something really bad has happened. And then I couldn't move and it was just swollen up like a grapefruit and it was awful. So, you know, lots of reasons that I do what I do now because they're all connected. Like why was a 35 year old woman snapping her ankle? You know, not even, it wasn't even like half, you know, half, half a, half a foot. It was like six, it was not even six inches. So how does that happen to people? You know, like, so these things, they're all linked, they're all connected and they all drive me to wanting to make people aware of the fact that there's so much that we can do to actually impact the way that our health and our lives turn out. That is quite the story, my friend. Oh my goodness. So lots of circumstances, it sounds like, like the divorce and and things going on at work. And my question is, do you think that it, it was more than just circumstances. Well, you know, life and people, we're, you know, we're a combination of the things that happen to us and the way that we react to them. Sure. Now, some people have got better coping skills than others. My current husband, my, <laughs> he's like the little train who could, he just keeps going no matter what, like he got COVID and he didn't care. He just kept going. I'm like, dude, you need to rest, like lie down. And he's just like, oh no, 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 I, I can't do that. They're just some people who are built a certain way. I think women though, we're, we have so much more going on with hormones and with our bodies and we're much more tuned with it as opposed to men. I think they kind of like, they're very, it's very easy for them to compartmentalize certain things. Mm. And there's reasons for that structurally too. Their brains are actually different to women. So the, the corpus callosum in a man is actually, it's smaller. That, that's the little band that runs between the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of the brain. And it's actually tinier in men than it is in women. So that means like the little highway that transmits information across the two hemispheres, it's tinier. So they can't process information the same way that a woman can, right? So that's why women are usually better at multitasking. Like we're much better at that kind of thing because we've got literally more bandwidth to be able to do that. So I think it depends. It depends on gender. It depends on the way you were raised. Potentially some genetics are involved in there as well. You know, I've had my genetics tested. I do have those genes for anxiety, for ADD, for depression, you know, and but it has been about seven years since I've had a panic attack. And that is a testament to the things that I have done since then, since learning about the fact that it's not just you can't just meditate your way or Eckhart Tolle your way out of a situation. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it sounds like that's the first myth you're debunking for us today. Yeah, you know, I see a lot of social media gurus posting about burnout and posting about resilience. And they all think like, well, you all you need to do is just sort of like sit and make some meditations and affirm that you're going to be okay. And those things are super helpful. Like I said, I'm a practicing hypnotherapist, I was I was doing all of that. And it's probably what kept me going for so long for like six, seven years before I actually crashed and burned. But there is a biology that's important that you need to take care of. Because we have got this thing called the gut brain connection and there's a vagus nerve and most people, I'm hoping people know what that is, but it's like a super highway that runs from the brain all the way down to your 
to your gut and your bottom. And you transmit neurochemicals, hormones, all kinds of other cool things between the gut and the brain. So very often, I think everyone thinks that they can just sort of like kumbaya their way out of things. And, and you can't really, because you can do, you can do both. You definitely can do both. Like it helps. And I like showing people the ways to do both, like how to integrate the two. But when you have got 90% of your immune system in your gut and you've got 70 to 80% of your serotonin, 50% of your dopamine, 50% of your GABA, your relaxation neurotransmitter, all that being produced within your digestive tract, if you're not caring for it, if you're not looking after all the microorganisms that live within there that actually help with the production of those things, so if you're eating crappy food, you know, lots of trans fats and, you know, canola oil, you're eating, you know, probably too many carbs, they're feeding the bad microbes, they're not feeding the good guys. So then you have like this imbalance. And then that can mean like you're not producing the neurotransmitters and the hormones and the things that you need. And production of thyroid hormones slows down, the liver starts to get congested. So there's this whole and I don't want to get too technical, I just want you to understand that if you nourish your physical body, well, we, we always say if you get the body right, the brain will follow. And when you get the brain right, the mind will follow. So you have to pay attention to the car, you know, the shell of the car before looking after the driver. So what do you say to people who say that it's mind over matter? I say exactly that. I just say, well, it it is, but it isn't. It's both ways. Like we have a bi-directional relationship between the brain and the body. And Thomas Edison actually famously said that the chief function of the body is to carry the brain around. So that means if the brain is going to work, that means that the body has to be working as well. And there's a lot of confusion around what makes a body work because we have mainstream media. We've got all these fad diets that are out there. People don't even realize like right now we live in a toxic soup. Like if you live in a city, you have got exposure to chemicals like benzene that hurt your brain. People who live in urban areas are more predisposed to Alzheimer's and dementia because of exposure to certain neurotoxins and chemicals that they're breathing. Our, our city water, not particularly good either. The food, so everything that's around us, unfortunately, in the modern world can be very, very harmful to the body and then subsequently the brain. So for women, I do like to say, you know, be mindful of the things that you put on your skin. That's your biggest organ. It absorbs everything. Be mindful what you're eating, how you're eating. Because that's, you know, if we're eating on the go, eating at our desk, eating in our car, I had a friend who was like literally living in her car because she was, she was a nurse, a nurse practitioner, and she's like driving around between appointments. And then one day she came over and I'm like, are you living in your car? There's like food wrappers, you know, all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, I just got to eat, you know, between appointments, like I'm driving to different people's homes and I just got to eat. I'm like, and that impacts digestion. If you're eating on the go all the time, you're not digesting, you're not absorbing, and then you're not converting the things that you need into. So it's not just what you eat, it's how you eat. And even when you eat is important. So matter over mind, that's really the biggest for me, like 
from what happened to me, I could see that that was probably the big part of what went on. Because if you think about it, there are 100 trillion microorganisms living within your digestive tract, and the gut actually weighs five pounds, it makes up for about five pounds of the body. And if you've got these 100 trillion microorganisms, and they are not in harmony, and you've got an overgrowth of some not so great guys, then what ends up happening is that they start encouraging, it starts becoming an atmosphere or an environment that's more hospitable to infections, viruses, and you become more tired, you become more susceptible to, to bugs that are passing around, stomach bugs, other bugs, colds, flus, that kind of thing. So you become more worn out and worn down. So it, it makes sense that like, if you aren't nourishing your frame appropriately, you're going to be sicker quicker, and you're going to end up feeling worse, tired, wired, all the things that we want to avoid and all the things that contribute to burnout. You know, when you see someone getting ill all the time, you're like, what's going on there? And I recently spoke to my sister and she was saying to me, her kids are doing, they were sick every, literally they live in upstate New York. They don't get a lot of sun. They're very, very pale. They got Irish, her husband's Irish. So they've got like Celtic skin. They don't go outside a lot because it's winter pretty much like nine months of the year. And they were sick every single week, these poor little babies. And, you know, it's a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And I, I said, you know, what's their vitamin D levels like? Like what's going on? And she's like, well, I don't know. I, I go get them checked. And of course they were like super low, you know, mm-hmm below like 40 and you know rickets is like 30 right i'm like when you so you want to make sure that your vitamin d levels and things like that are working for you because then that keeps your immunity levels up you have and vitamin c has a half life of four hours so when people say oh i took some vitamin c this morning i'm like by noon it's already passed through your system like you need to continually keep taking it. and the stuff that you hear from the mainstream about recommended daily allowances they're so, it's so basic. Like, you know, when you go to a doctor and says, oh, your vitamin D is normal, but it's at like 30. You're like, no, that's not normal. Like it needs to be at a certain range. It needs to be sort of like between 60 and 80. Of course, we started helping her kids out by supplementing with vitamin D3 with K2. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. Like knowing the cofactor is not just taking the vitamin D3. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, you know, I chatted with her yesterday. I said, have they been sick? She's like, no, they haven't been sick since they've been taking the vitamin D. And I'm like, you know, something as basic as sunlight that people can't get because they're probably sitting in front of screens too long, not moving enough, not going outside enough. They're living in a Northern climate where it's hard to get that. You'll have to look at how do you nourish your frame in order to be able to stay resilient. So you've given us already so many tips, but I think the biggest takeaway is that you really have to know, it's not, you know, we talk so much in this world of burnout and burnout recovery, we talk so much about the importance of self-care, but mm-hmm. I, but obviously that's such a number one, a vague term. And number two, there are so many things that we would find under that umbrella that sometimes we just don't know what to do, or we just feel like so overwhelmed that if there's so many things under that umbrella, we don't even know where to start. And I think that what you're saying is get checked check your levels on things because your blood doesn't lie. And -hmm. if you can find out something like your D levels are low, it's an easy fix. Things that you have to do on a regular basis, like you got to get sleep and you got to eat well and you've Mm got to exercise. Right. Yeah. And then there's like the things that you can do that give you that quick turnaround, which is kind of like the, the magic pill that people are always looking for. Now, you know what it is. Right. And also the importance of, paying attention to your body because 
we're focused so much on the brain, right? We're focused on, I got to focus, I got to get my work done, you know, I'm stressed and all this stuff. And it's important to focus on the brain because you have to be able to, I mean, the brain creates a lot of problems also. Mm-hmm. It's like if you, and it is that connection between the two, because if you're tired because you're stressed out and the stress comes from your brain, then it affects your body. Then your body's kind of wired and now you're not sleeping, then you're more fatigued and then it's hard for, for you to focus. And then you're frustrated and then those feelings create other symptoms and so forth. So it's kind of like this back and forth all the time. It's a vicious cycle. It literally it is. is a vicious cycle. Yeah. That you you really need to know what do I do for my brain and what do I do for my body? Those are both important things for you to understand. And so already you've told us that while it's important to take care of yourself with meditation and things like that, it's not a it's not a one size fits all it's yeah. solution, right? Like you you can't, you said already, you can't really Eckhart Tolle your way through life. And it is both mind over matter and matter over mind. We have to look at that gut brain connection and how nutrition is going to impact your health and your immunity and help you with your burnout. And then I know you've got one more for us that you want to debunk. Tell me what that is. I think, you know, boundaries are a big part of this. So like recently I did a poll on my, my social media and what was really interesting. So the poll was, you know, do you, how do you feel about being contacted over social media on the weekend by people who are trying to pitch you or, you know, a boss trying to get something out of you or whatever. And what was really interesting out of that was that men who responded to the poll, they actually took the time to comment and say, there's nothing wrong with being contacted out of hours or on the weekends. And then the women are had a totally different perspective. They're like, oh my God, no, weekends are sacred. That's time for family. That's time for, you know, I don't want to be going to dinner with my other half and him checking his phone and that kind of thing. So I thought it was really interesting because I actually had a, a dinner with my dad with and my sisters and we were really irritated with him because he, his phone was, he's a pastor. So his phone was ringing nonstop. People always have problems, you know, and we're like, dude, can't you just tell them or just turn the phone over, put it on silent. And he refused to put it on silent because he's like, no, well, people need me and I have to be there. And I'm like, yeah, but you should set office hours and you should have family time. Like you're sitting with your daughters who are out from out of town. Like we don't live with you. Like put the phone on silent, turn it, put it in a different room. So I think, you know, boundaries are a big thing because we always feel, and I think, you know, with work and the way that we have these blurred lines because of smartphones, life has changed. It's evolved. It's not the way that our parents used to live. Like people are on all the time. They're on, and they probably got maybe like two or three devices they're attached to. And I I did a talk on this, they called it biology of resilience about two years ago, right before COVID. It was for the Royal Bank of Scotland. And I was, and back then that was like 2020, right at the start of 2020. And we were talking then about everybody had at least three smart devices. You know, you had like a, a iPhone, you had a, a work phone, you had a work laptop, and you might have had a personal laptop as well. So you, and then now we've got iPads. So, you know, people are connected to multiple devices. And the thing about your body is that your body does not know the difference between a psychological stress, like, you know, your wife or your husband yelling at you, your children giving you a hard time 
and the difference between a saber-toothed tiger or an email or a notification from your phone. It doesn't know the difference. It responds in the exact same way. Your cortisol levels peak. They elevate. So you get these spikes in cortisol. Cortisol is your stress hormone. So your body does not know the difference between these things. So boundaries are so important because when you are supposed to be winding down at the end of a day to be aligned with your circadian rhythm, because cortisol and melatonin compete with each other and melatonin is your sleep hormone and you want your melatonin to be peaking at about 9, 30, 10 p.m. If you've got cortisol ramping up because you're like responding to messages and you're getting pings and you're scrolling and you're you're whatever, you're having a fight with your spouse, whatever you're doing, that is depleting the production of melatonin. So you're not going to get proper sleep. You're not going to get that great cell turnover because what happens when you're sleeping is that the brain's glymphatic system gets turned on. So it's like this wash, I call it like the universal washing machine. And you start cleaning up debris from the day. You start regulating metabolism, regulating hormones, regulating immunity because of melatonin. Now, if you don't have enough melatonin to do that because it's being dampened by your cortisol production because you're on your phone, and you're, you know, you've got too many lights on as well. That's another thing that impacts the way that we sleep, particularly women's hormones, like really, really detrimental to women's hormones. And you don't have those boundaries in place and that good routine in place for winding down. It's very, very damaging to the body and it may not show up immediately. It, and like I said, burnout happens over time. It doesn't, it's not like one day you wake up and you're burnt out. You've lived yourself into a situation. So you've mm-hmm. got to learn to unlive your, well, live your way out of it. Right. So, and the way is like these boundaries are so important when it comes to, well, if you know, from about 5 to 6 p.m., I put my phone in focus mode or do not disturb mode a lot. And I respond when it suits me as yes. opposed to being notified constantly. So I I boundary my time. So I call it the three Bs. You've got boundaries, breaks, and breathing. Those are the three things that you need to be mindful of when you're trying to prevent burnout in terms of like your behaviors. What are the behaviors that you can implement from like a psychological standpoint to really protect your energy? You're so I want to go back. You look yeah. happy. Yeah, you look well, happy. <laughs> well, yeah, you're speaking my language, but I want to go back to the story about your dad because what occurred to me as you were telling that story is that the reason that we're on all the time is because we have FOMO, right? Mm-hmm. We we're worried about like you gave the example of the guys from the pool who are interested in making money, doesn't matter if it's nights or weekends. And with your dad, it's, you know, it sounds like he's a feeler. He's somebody who is looking to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't want to let people down. So for whatever reason, we're, we're worried about missing out on something if we turn that phone off. And I think the irony of that situation is that in fact, what we're missing out on is everything else. So here yeah. he is having dinner with his daughters and it's an opportunity not just to disconnect, but to connect with you guys and to engage socially, which we know is actually really good for your health. Mm -hmm. And it's a necessary thing for us to have those connections just to de-stress and to be in life, you know, like outside of work. And he's, he's willing to overlook that to stay connected to the work. And I think that's the true thing that you miss out on. It's, you know, I, I, I said that yesterday in one of my posts, I just said like social media is actually antisocial, you know, like, and the fact that we're connected to these phones and these devices all the time, like they're supposed to keep us connected, but we are more disconnected than we have ever been. Our brains are not working in the same way. 
we have a, a an epidemic of cultural ADD or ADHD, where no one can focus on anything for longer than 90 seconds. Like you have to literally sit down and train your brain to focus now because this constant scrolling, the apps, I mean, even dating, I I never, I didn't do dating apps. I tried it once and I thought this is terrible. Like swiping, swiping, like shopping for a boyfriend. No way. Like (laughs) I'm not shopping for a boyfriend. I don't want anyone shopping for me either. Like this doesn't feel human anymore. Like it's so dehumanizing. And the, the phones are making, and like you said, you know, he missed out on actually connecting with us and the oxid you were mentioning, like it's good for us because one, it produces oxytocin, right? So when you That's hug, right. when you're in, when you're in love, when you're close to people that you love, you're producing oxytocin, which is a counter-regulator to cortisol. Exactly. So, so he's having his cortisol going up the whole time. And then us too, because we're like getting irritated. <laughs> we're like, could you please, like, you know, I've flown from San Diego to come hang out with you. Could you please turn your phone off or put it in a different room or tell people like I'm having dinner with my daughters. Goodbye. And I think maybe guys are just like that. And you mentioned like people are afraid of missing out on deals and they think it's about making money. I'm like, you actually make more money if you are boundaried with your time. Yeah. You're, you make more money if you actually learn to switch off and to recharge your batteries, because then your brain actually gets a chance to reorganize itself. You know, well, even, even if that's not true, yeah. even if that's not true, I think it's not just about the money. No. Right. You said no, it earlier. I mean, you were talking about happiness and, and health and there are things in connection like those things are priceless, even, even more important, I would say. So, you know, if you're, if you're just going to be focused on like the money part, what are you missing out on? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the thing, like the definition of what success looks like as well has to evolve. And I I'm seeing the difference. Like there is a very masculine definition of what success should be. And for women it's totally different. Like I, I interview a lot of women as well. When I do, I have my own um, show. And when I talk to them and they say like my moment, my moment, my wake up call was when I realized I'm sitting on the couch with my husband and I'm like so busy with my Instagram and trying to post and trying to be seen and be visible. And it's like nine 30. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, are, are you here sitting with me or are you engaging with the rest of the world? And, you know, the world has evolved to a place where I'm not particularly too happy with it. I think, yes, we have more technology and that's great, but we have the technology that's running us and we're not running it. Yes, We are, we're no longer in the driver's seat. We're like, what my husband calls it the tail wagging the dog. And he's like, well, it should not be this way. Well, the truth of the matter is that technology can be a gift if you if you've got those boundaries in place like if you're really smart about it you can have both you can kind of have your cake and eat it too right you can say like technology serves me when i wanted to and then i draw the line and i move out of work mode and now i have the chance to do everything else you know to take care of my health to take care of my relationships to do something that's fun i get i get a chance to do something other than be in stress mode, right? And that allows me to unplug and recharge and come back even stronger. So that's doing it really smart. And I think that when we're just in one mode all the time, that's when we burn out. And to your point, you may not recognize that it's even happening because it's something that creeps up over time. And 
you have to kind of really be, pay attention to the nuance of it. And we don't usually do that. So all of a sudden we wake up one day and we're like, oh, I'm exhausted. What's going on? Right. And and then you realize, oh, you know what? This has been going. This There's a lot of problems. I'm not feeling so great. I'm tired. I can't focus. I'm losing my motivation. I think I might be burned out. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen over time. And you may not even realize it, it's happening. So this is your kind of wake up call to say, let me not be a victim of this. Let me do the right things and have those boundaries in place and pay attention to the gut brain access, right? That connection and really disconnect in order to build up that resilience. And that's what's going to help me stay you know, as successful as I want to be long-term. Yeah. 100, 100%, 110%. Like everything you just said, there, just like hit the nail on the head. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I love your title, the gutsy executive coach. Fantastic. And I'm sure that someone out there is listening to you right now and saying, I would love to work with her. So for those folks, where should they go? Where can they find you? Well, it's really easy. GutsyExecutiveCoach.com. Really, really simple. All one Fantastic. word. And there is a booking link there if you wanted to get on a, a you know, we, we can get together for 30 minutes just to talk about, you know, where you're at in your life, where it is that you want to be, what are the barriers, whether they're physical or psychological that are keeping you from that. And I start with the lab work. I always start with, well, let's figure out what's going on under the hood of the car. And then yeah. if we have to rebuild the car, we do that. You will do that. I love it. So you really are blending the brain and body. You don't just talk about it. You actually do it, which is fabulous. Love, 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 love that. So encourage people to take advantage of the offer and go to gutsyexecutivecoach.com and look Raywin up. She is a powerhouse. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you again. All right. Now for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com. And I'll see you right back here next week. Bye, everybody.